on this episode of Why Watch That. Remember when Snoop Dogg went to Snoop Lion? What happened with that, Snoop? What the Snoop Lion, you're right. Yeah, that was a thing for a while. Yeah, that was when he was with the Rastas, you know, and then I guess he couldn't <laughs> keep up with their lifestyle. <laughs> so he's not going to get that market rate. Okay. <laughs> you know, Tony Tiger order. <laughs> feeling great. We all gonna look that song up. I'm not gonna say what it is. <laughs> what do you don't come for sales. Sales is trying to educate all of us on the market rate. It's kind of like a Christmas pageant. That's what I would say. It's like a Christmas pageant. You get dressed up. You know, everybody kind of rehearses. And, you know, you do it for the church. And, you know, no one says anything. But this isn't for a church. And... <laughs> Where's Gwyneth Paltrow when you need her? She can come up with something. <laughs> Maybe, you know, drinking pig's blood. I don't know. Something. I mean, he looks like he was a day shift. Fight. <laughs> Fight Jamie Foxx. Welcome to Why Watch That, your guide to the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. We're on a quest to go from channel to channel, platform to platform, and festival to festival to help you figure out what you want to watch. We do all the work so you don't have to. So get ready for some unexpectedly candid and entertaining reviews that will help you answer the ultimate question, why watch that? Hey, welcome back. I am the producer joined here by... The critic, Chauncey. Hey. <laughs> yes. What's Trying to hide called? your name, Brandy. Listen, they know me. They know me in these, in these uh, while I watch that streets. Um, and if you don't know me and you want to see what we look like, we are now available on video, um, meaning that if you are listening to this on um, like a podcast platform that's only audio and you want a little more texture, you could actually come over to YouTube and see the people behind the voices. So check us out on video if you already haven't. Um, like, subscribe so that you know every time we drop an episode. Um, that stuff's really good for us because, you know, we create content and algorithms like when people subscribe and like. So, yeah. Yeah. That supports us. Yes. Sweet. So let's jump right into this episode. We are going to be doing a movie first look brought to us by good old Netflix. Um, by the name of Day Shift. This movie stars our good friend Jamie Foxx. Critic. What's it about? Who should be watching? All that good stuff. Well, before we get into that. See, you you, you going all fast and everything, producer, today. No, no, no. Now, we will be getting to television after this first look that the producer set up. Um, One thing, though, I do want to talk about, producer, that I've been thinking about lately. Yeah. Is when you start watching something nowadays, what is the thing that keeps you watching? Mm-hmm. Or me? Because mm-hmm. I watch so much stuff. 
And with all of this content out there, I think that a lot of people are lazy in introducing their own story. Lazy. Mm. They know the story too well on their end and they're not thinking about somebody who doesn't. And they expect us to be patient enough to wait in certain cases. Why? That's the question. Why? What is this patience thing? And not that the, it needs to be fast or anything like that. It's just, you need to give us a reason to watch from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even when it's not perfect, it's clear why I'm watching it. In other cases, I'm like, Meh, I don't care. Like uh, there are two shows that are coming out on Friday that I'm not going to give a full review of. Because I was like, I don't know why I'm watching this. Mm -hmm. Like either you... Uh, present the situation clearly or compellingly in some way or it's interesting just go okay something's going on here I want to figure it out or it starts off with a bang but it's got to be clear like um, there's Bad Sisters it's coming out on Apple TV Plus mm -hmm. uh, Sharon Horgan is co-starring in it uh, co-created it and uh, Sharon Horgan created Catastrophe that was on Prime mm -hmm. uh, and I like that I thought that was a pretty good show so I start watching this and I'm just like, okay, I mean, it's it's about one of the sisters has this bad husband. You know, he's abusive, but he's abusive with a smile, kind of. Um, and he ends up dead. That's the beginning of the show. He's mm -hmm. in a casket in a certain state his body's in. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's like this comedy thing going on. And okay, so she has an insurance policy, a life insurance policy that's going to pay out. There are two half-brothers who run this life insurance company. But if they pay this uh, out, they're going to go bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So they want to get in, into all of this and see if there's something going on that would make the payout null and void. And the only way to do it, because it's either he committed suicide or it was foul play. So they go for foul play. Mm -hmm. So these five sisters, were they really the reason behind killing this man and why, right? So it's the premise sounds pretty cool. Mm -hmm. As you're watching it, it's like, I always like when they have these kinds of situations for them to show and not tell mm -hmm. and not waste time in showing. Like they do back and forth, you know, going before he was dead and after, but it just takes too long. And it's like this whole buildup where it's like, okay, you know, can we just get on with it? Like show us lead up to the death. Do it that way. Really show all of the, the situations when he was, being a you know what yeah. over and over and over again like if you build it that way just cut from scene to scene to scene to scene of him being nasty then when we get to that casket we're now ready to be on their side mm -hmm. i was just like eh. uh echoes coming out on netflix another one so this is michelle monahan starring in it and she plays two twin sisters who every year switch places mm -hmm. only they know so they have two separate lives. They have two separate husbands, two separate jobs, two separate personalities, supposedly. And one of them has a daughter. But they pretend every year switching. One of them is going to be mother, the other one's not. One of them goes missing. Leaving the other one to do what? Why does the other one go missing? Will people figure this out? What was she up to when she went missing? Is she missing on purpose? Like all of that stuff. The thing about that to me though is, why do I care? I don't care about these twins. Now maybe if you're identical twins and you could do that, you'd relate, but I'm not. So what? 
And like the first episode was a waste. You get into the second, it's okay. I mean, it's like soap operatic nonsense. And Matt Bomers and then Daniel Sanjata and other people. I was just like, okay. Like, why am I watching this when there are other things that are entertaining and better? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So I just wish that people would start with a reason to watch. Like for Echoes, if you start with it being completely ridiculous, fine, mm -hmm. that would work. Like go all the way there. Don't pretend like you're doing something responsible. Mm. Or what you could do is literally show the two twins from the beginning. I, I mean, you've got to set this stuff up so we are invested. I don't understand. Like, don't tell me. This is a visual medium. All right, I'm done. Hmm. Now, what, what's the first look again, producer? I'm sorry. <laughs> Echo sounds interesting. This is unfortunate. Um, the premise sounds it's on Netflix Friday. You can check it out. Nobody's stopping you. <laughs> well, first look also on Netflix Day Shift, um, starring Jamie Foxx. So, yeah. who's uh, yeah? What what uh, would you call it? What is it about? Who should be watching? Yeah, and <laughs> it's uh, directed by J.J. Perry, a screenplay by Tyler Tice and Shay Hatton, and Tyler came up with the story. Did they need two people to write this is a great question to ask. Uh, now, like you said, Jamie Foxx is starring in this along with Dave Franco. Uh, Megan Good is in it. Snoop Dogg pops up. Remember when Snoop Dogg went to Snoop Lion? What happened with that, Snoop? What the Snoop Lion, you're right. Yeah, that was a thing for a while. Yeah, that was when he was with the Rastas, you know, and then I guess he couldn't. <laughs> keep up with their lifestyle <laughs> you, know, uh, you gotta do certain things or it ain't gonna work so now this is how this works okay we see jamie fox he looks like he's gonna do some sort of um job at a house i don't know is he gonna paint is he some sort of mechanic at a car is he gonna be a plumber or an electrician i don't know something like that he has tools and he ends up at this house and there's an old lady. He like bursts in. She's like, what are you doing in here? A fight breaks out. Whoever he's fighting, you can't see this thing in a mirror. And it's damaged if it's in the sun. What's going on? It is the day shift after all. Now we come to find out that he's a vampire hunter. Hunter. Oh, oh. But this is a secret thing. And there is a union of vampire hunters. If you're in the union, you get paid more. Because there's certain artifacts from the vampires that if you have it, you can sell it on the market. And that's how you make your money. And he needs money because he has a young daughter. He has an ex-wife, played by Megan Good, I guess. And she's ready to move from California to Florida, I believe soon because you know he's not doing what he says he's supposed to do and she doesn't know he's a vampire hunter of course um now the question is why are you moving the daughter from california to florida that wasn't quite clear to me <laughs> <I don't... laughs> anyway <laughs> so he needs to get a certain amount of money in order to keep them in california so this is just based on him getting money don't think too hard about this movie, okay? Because once you do, you start... I mean, your mind might break a bit. It's like, how... 
Is this responsible parenting? <laughs> I'm moving to Florida across the country unless you get together like six thousand dollars. <laughs> I didn't write it. Mm-hmm. So the problem is he's not in the union because he's broken so many rules before. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to get that market rate. Okay. <laughs> you know, Tony Tiger on her. She's feeling great. We all can look that song up. I'm not going to say what it is. <laughs> what do you say? Don't come for sales. Sales is trying to educate all of us on the market rate. Now, so, okay, he's got to get really, he's got to get into this union. He got a couple of days so he can make some money. And the person who's going to help him is Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg has good standing in the union. They're good friends. He's going to vouch for him. However, the boss of this union, who has a mullet and everything like that, he says, no, 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 no. I'm going to have somebody right next to you the whole time. And any infraction, you're out again. And you're not doing the night shift because that's where you really make the money. You're doing the day shift. Mm-hmm. Now, this person, this union rep who's going to be with him is played by Dave Franco. And this guy knows all the rules to the letter, but he's never been in the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like a buddy cop kind of thing about to happen. So what do they encounter? You know, he's going to break the rules. You know, he's not going to be reported. You know, at the end, it's all going to work out. I mean, you just know this stuff. So the question is, how fun is it? That first fight was fun. I started it. I was like, okay, if this is it, I'll be fine. Like, shut your brain off. Watch the martial arts. Uh, This is uh, for first-time director. Uh, JJ, he is a stuntman. That's how he started his career. So that makes perfect sense. However, the movie devolves. The more you watch it, the more you're like, okay. Like, the fights are repetitive. Also, these are vampires. It was strange. We don't see them bite anybody. Mm. It's like watching a martial arts film. <laughs> I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Like somebody does get bitten, but they don't show it on camera. Mm. It was weird. I, I didn't make any sense. It made no sense. Mm-hmm. Also, Jamie Foxx, love Jamie Foxx as a persona, but sometimes he needs more structure. Mm. Because, like, there's some improv going on between them. Nobody really came up with anything interesting in their improvisations. Sometimes he rushes his lines when he doesn't have enough enough structure. Like, again, when you start getting into all this, it's like, Ugh. So how fun is it? It starts off as fun as it's going to be. And then it loses its flavor. But it's on Netflix. So mm-hmm. up to you if you want to watch it. Again, you have to shut your brain off. You know, maybe have a task going on while you're watching it the way that brandy watches stuff <laughs> and uh, it'll be fine <laughs> so you say this is a good background a good background viewing. exactly i mean i would pay attention to the first fight uh-huh. and exactly. then move on because <laughs> if you after you see that you've seen them all hmm. of course there's like this vampire faction that's after him and you know i mean I just didn't know why they were vampires. They didn't have to be. Also, how can humans fight vampires? Like, fight them. Like, see, you start thinking about this, it doesn't make sense. You got people going $6,000 or moving with your daughter across the country. (laughs) Or, you know, hey, us humans can fight vampires. But who knows nowadays in storytelling? All kinds of strong beings beings are defeated by humans who aren't even that special. That's a new thing in Hollywood now, a new trend. So this continues it. 
All right, so on to our next, our next section. We have a TV series premieres. We're going to kick it off with this fool brought to us by uh, Hulu. So what is this about? Who's in it? Who should be watching? Yes, and it's not about me. It is about <laughs> a character played by uh, co-creator Chris Estrada. So he is the titular fool, I guess. And uh, Chris's character, he works at, um, a, well, it's, I guess it's a nonprofit, we would call it, that helps people transition, really, out of prison, that kind of thing, into the real world. And it's called Hugs, Not Thugs. Love that. And we're in L.A., mm. of course. Mm -hmm. So that sets the stage. And Michael Imperioli is the guy who's in charge. You know, he wants certain money from certain billionaires. He's upset they don't give him enough. It's that kind of comedy thing going on. So Chris's cousin gets out of prison and he figures out a way to get him into this program. Now, of course, the cousin doesn't want to be in there. Also, Chris's character, he gets dumped on by all kinds of people. Right from the start of the show, you see how he's trying to back out of his driveway and there are people, you know, out in the street playing around and they give him, they don't even pay him the time of day. Mm -hmm. So what does he do? Now, he's more about the talk and not the action. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he will talk back at you if necessary. But otherwise, you know, he's meek and mild. Now, he's living with his mother and grandmother. So what's that like? And how does the whole family dynamic work? Also, there is going to be a certain rival person, a rival for his cousin that might lead to some trouble. Okay. Now, cousin just got out of prison. Mm. Kind of Friday-like, you mm. know, if Debo comes around. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but this guy ain't Debo. <laughs> he ain't him. So that's really what's going to happen. You can kind of understand how this show is going to go. It's a comedy. We get it. Everybody's dumping on the main character. How is he going to fight back if he can? How is he going to try to help these thugs with their hugs? And what's the cousin going to do to ruin all of this? This show, to me, I didn't mind it. I, I think if you like the Hulu comedies, it fits in with those. It has the merest whiff of Friday, as I was suggesting. The merest whiff. Um, so I didn't mind it. It's not something that I'm like, oh, I've got to watch this. But I do think they were responsible. So if you, you know, you just want an easy laugh, you like the Hulu stuff, you're there anyway, I say check it out. Why not? Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. It's easy enough. Um, yep. Next up, we have something from the CW um, by the name of Leonardo. So tell us about the critic. You know, I, I was thinking, am I going to review this? Mm. That was my thought. Mm. I've seen the first episode, which just premiered. Now, it's created by Frank Spotsnitz, and Frank Spotnitz um, created The Man in the High Castle, which some people seem to like for some reason. Um, and he co-created it with Steve Thompson. It's starring Aiden Turner of Dark fame, among other, you know, British people. So, and, and Italian people, I should say. So it's about Leonardo da Vinci. That's where we are. And what I was thinking of, producer, because Stars had Da Vinci's Demons, which was a wacky kind of show about Da Vinci. 
and they would show his the inner workings of his mind mm -hmm. like show it mm -hmm. on the screen so we could see what he's imagining mm -hmm. that's not here and that i think takes away from it because it's really hard to connect with leonardo we can see him seeing things but it's not as inventive on the screen um also in the first episode okay so he's like he wants to be this apprentice the first apprentice for this master artist now you could you know they're gonna throw in some obstacles like there's a rival student who you know is telling him the wrong thing but he doesn't know it he thinks they're friends but they're really not he does he's not sure of his own talent so he second guesses himself which might get him thrown out of the school if he would just show what he did you know mm -hmm. maybe that would pique someone's interest there's somebody that he winds up painting. Are they going to be romantic interests? And so on and so forth. Now, the problem is all of it's hollow. It's like we go from one moment to the next. It's like, okay, here's one thing we have to do. Here's another. The writing's not special. It's kind of like a Christmas pageant. That's what I would say. It's like a Christmas pageant. You get dressed up. You know, everybody kind of rehearses. And, you know, you do it for the church. And, you know, no one says anything. But this isn't for a church. And, <laughs> uh, you know, some of the acting is good. But, they, you know, Aiden is a good actor. And he was in Poldark. He knows how to spin trash into something good. Like, Poldark is a great example of a show that is much better than it should be. But they know what they want. They had actors who are sniveling and doing all other kinds of stuff. It's a ridiculous show, but it's enjoyable. And this is what I mean by it can be bad, but it's still kind of good. You still kind of like it. But we have to be honest. This is just empty. We already have Da Vinci's Demons. Like, I didn't know why I was watching this. Mm. You know, I, I don't know. It looks like they stole a, a fake Italian set from some other show or movie. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why is this on CW? I didn't understand. I didn't get it. Because Aiden's in it, I guess. Hmm. weird but see Frank Spotnitz I just don't like his writing mm -hmm. I don't like it I don't think it's um, interesting mm -hmm. frankly I think the premise is always more interesting yeah so it was just like okay we're setting up these obstacles I didn't buy it I, I didn't buy any of it honestly mm -hmm. but there you go it's only eight episodes total okay all right uh if you want to see what I <laughs> Christmas pageant with a borrowed Italian set. I guess so. <laughs> you know these fake sets where you're like, I I do. <laughs> you're like, right. <laughs> it's all like somebody from one of the Star Wars shows is about to run through. You know, you have <laughs> the band and the it's like, where's the Mandalorian? He's about to pop up at any moment on this set. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. All right, next we're going to get into our TV season premieres. And we're going to kick that off with, um, Power Book 3, Raisin Canaan, brought to us by Stars. It's part of a, uh, that's part of the Power series, right? if you didn't know. <laughs> so how did, uh, how did, uh, oh, it's already been renewed for season three. Um, yeah. How was season two? What'd you think? Yeah, well, they, you know, they just started this second season. Mm -hmm. Um created by Sasha Penn, based on Courtney A. Kemp's power series, as you said, starring Patina Miller and London Brown and Malcolm Mays and Joey Badass and Shanley Caswell, Haley Kilgore, 
and so on and so forth, especially Omar Epps. So we know at the end of season one, Kanan was sent on a mission by his mama to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. The somebody played by Omar Epps. Why? Omar Epps' character, the detective, has a connection with Kanan. What is the connection? And remember, the detective is ill. Like, terminally so. Unless somebody helps him. Mm. <laughs> what happens at the end of the season? The detective ends up in the hospital. Kanan ends up not in the boogie... Well, not the boogie down, I shouldn't say that. Not in New York City. He ain't in the boogie down. But in Virginia. <laughs> Why was he sent away? Now, remember, his mother is the head of a crime family. He has two uncles. Um, One of the uncles is older than his mother. The other is younger. The older uncle is, you know, he's reckless, but we like him. He's the muscle in the family. The younger brother has ambitions to be a music producer. That's where he's putting his money, much to the dismay of Mama. She's like, okay, um... That's a hobby. That's not making any money. And you're neglecting this family business because they have all of these elaborate schemes to get away from the cops, to make money. Like it's kind of like a Nino Brown outfit. You know, you take over a project and, you know, that kind of thing. They just took over a floor. They're paying off the residents so they're quiet and they try to be respectful outside of that floor. Is that going to work? And they want to expand it. Because if you're high up in the high rise, you can see what's going on. You can plan accordingly if it's about to go down. Mm-hmm. Now, the rival crime boss, played by Joey, he was locked up. Why? And what's going to happen if he gets out? Also, what happens if Omar, the detective, comes to? Mm-hmm. Is somebody in trouble? So this is the situation when Kanan comes back to New York City. Now, he also has a cousin who is the daughter of his older uncle. And she and her father, it was real bad in season one. He found out something about her that he didn't like, you know, kind of choked her out. So what's that relationship like? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Let me choke you out like, you know, I'm watching Orphan or something. <laughs> Look, that little girl in Orphan, I'm not even going to get into it. Well, little girl in quotes in Orphan. <laughs> I just watched that because they have this sequel coming out, or prequel, I should say, uh, producer. Uh, so in preparation, because I'm, why would I watch Orphan the movie? <laughs> so I was like, just in case I'm going to review this prequel, let me watch the first one. It, Vera Farmiga's in it and Peter Sarsgaard and it was made in 2009. <laughs> it's, it's just so ridiculous. I can't. If you have a supposed little girl killing people, something needs to be done. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> sort of like that little girl got choked. Um, well, in quotes, I keep saying. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't seen the movie, you'll know why I keep saying in quotes. It was based on a real story, actually, producer Orphan. It's ridiculous. Hmm. Which is not based on a true story. <laughs> so, okay, we, you know, we have all of these things going on. 
And the question is, will they continue to rise above in their criminal endeavors? After this first episode of season two, you know, when I was watching it, producer, I was saying to myself, is this still going to be something I want to see? It's that kind of show when you're like, okay, while I'm watching it, I watched the first season. It was cool. I enjoyed it. But is that something when I come back, I'm still going to have those same feelings? Mm -hmm. um, now, one thing that they do have here is certain actors. This is the best cast by far of any power show, period, full stop, no argument. If you don't think that, I can't help you. Mm. Some people in this universe don't even know how to speak. Okay. We're that level of incompetence when it comes to acting. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name names, <laughs> but some of them. I mean, it's like, do you know English? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so we don't have the, those issues here. And you know, one of the reasons is they casted it with people who know how to act. Mm. Now, the writing can be challenging, like any other power show, but it's good enough to give to them. And they know what to do. So I always appreciate the actors. And in the first episode of the season, I still appreciated them. Especially Omar. I really love watching Omar. Now, he looks like he is about to kill over. He really does not look good in this show. I mean, it's like, this man needs to be on dialysis or something. He needs a transplant. He needs something. Help the man. Give him a transfusion. What's, where's Gwyneth Paltrow when you need her? Maybe you know drinking pig's blood. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, he looks like he was a day shift fighting, <laughs> fighting Jamie Fox. <laughs> but he's up to something, and I just like watching him. I like his energy, and that goes for the entire show. So I think if you like the first season, of course, continue watching this. Uh, you know, look, when it comes to, again, just coming down to who they casted playing. Uh, now, if you don't know Kanan, that's the 50 Cent character from Power. So even coming down to casting Makai Curtis as Kanan, I mean, he is like, you, you would buy that he's going to grow up to be 50 Cent. Mm -hmm. So this is still the only Power show I will watch. I will keep doing that because they are responsible here, unlike their siblings. Especially <laughs> books two and four. <laughs> okay. Got it. So I was talking about trash before. Now that I'm thinking about this because I know some people are upset. They go, I like Power Book 2. Okay, well. Some people can't read in that show. Um, what I will say, though, is <laughs> at least it's full on trash. Like, so we know what we're doing. Mm. Like I was talking about Echoes and Bad Sisters, like especially Echoes, like go like really be ridiculous. Where's Madeline Stowe when you need her? You know, that kind of thing from Revenge, where it's like full on trash and we know where we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. So at least in book two and book four you go this is complete pure dung maybe i want that that whiff of something nasty every now and then who knows 
Look, I like Revenge of the Nerds too. That's trash. Mm. Two, not the first one. I do like the first one, but two. Like I will watch No One Fifteen, you know, and Hawking a Loogie. Mm-hmm. It's trash. But you like but it. We, that's right. And I will be honest. I'm not going to argue with someone. No, it's good. No, it's not. Yes, 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 guys. So, um, in addition to nerds, too, the critic also likes uh, nerds. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have enough point of reference to these ridiculous things. (laughs) It's ridiculous. (laughs) And the Hotel Coral Essex. You haven't seen this producer? I don't remember this. I remember the the loogie that 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 uh, yes that, that sounds familiar. Yes. But I have no uh, like I have no other point of reference. And and that actor was in Big Trouble in Little China. He was, <laughs> <laughs> he was the main bad guy. I love that guy. What happened to him? I hope he's still alive. What happened to him? Because he knows what he's in. <laughs> well, he's like, I'm in some trash. Big Trouble. Another movie. I like that too. It's trash. I don't remember that movie. I feel like I've seen it, but I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, where, you know, where they have, it's kind of like the, uh, it's like when you play, I don't know, one of those video games, like with, with Raiden and all of that stuff, mm-hmm. with people shooting uh, electricity out of their eyes yeah. and all of this other stuff. And Kurt Russell has to go in with Kim Cattrall and save this uh, woman who's, you know, about to be sacrificed or something. I can't remember the exact storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's ridiculous. It's like a video game, mm-hmm. like a Mortal Kombat Tekken mm-hmm. kind of thing, but worse than the video game. Got it. Well, yeah. <laughs> the video game is better. <laughs> you have a better story in the video game than in that movie. But they know what they're in, right? Anyway, go go ahead. Let's yep. let's let's get back to business. <laughs> yeah, back to business, guys. If you have not heard, why watch that is on uh, Buy Me a Coffee. What is Buy Me a Coffee? Buy Me a Coffee is another way for you to be able to support us. So yes, we would like for you to subscribe and like our videos. But if you want to uh, take your support to another level, you could contact us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. And um, neither the critic or I drink coffee, but we will make sure to buy popcorn, tea, um, or even potatoes with the uh, <laughs> funds that we get from your support. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a long-standing why watch that joke, guys. So if you don't know the potato reference, you can listen to some of our older episodes and you'll understand where that came from. Um, so we're going to move into our next section, which is uh, TV season returns. Um so what's coming back is a resident alien, um, which is, what is this? It streams on a Peacock, but it's brought to us by Sci-Fi. Um, and this is season two. And if you guys don't, if you guys haven't seen, there's this really cool 3D advertisement in Times Square of um, Resident Alien. So if you want to Times Square, what are you talking about? If you not, if you don't want to see it in Times Square, you could Google it. It's freaking cool. Just watch it online. <laughs> so FYI, <laughs> I haven't seen the show, but the ad is really freaking cool. <laughs> I think you'd like the show, especially the first season. Cool. Um, so now we're back to season two, the second part of it. Um, <clears throat> another eight episodes we're getting here, and 
what's happening is this with our resident alien. Keep in mind, everybody, that Alan Tudyk plays the alien who came to Earth to wipe us out. That was his mission. Now, he stole the identity of this doctor. What happened to the doctor? You can imagine. So he had to pretend to be a doctor. He had to figure out how to become human. And he's a shape-shifting alien. So that's no problem. Mm -hmm. He befriends um, someone on the staff at the medical center, Asta. And eventually Asta figures out what he is, who he is. Because of that relationship, he doesn't wipe out all of humanity. Now, there's also the mayor of the town. He has a son. And this son figures out who the alien is, but they have an antagonistic relationship, or do they? Along with the son's friend. She knows a lot. How? It's a comedy. Now, there are other people in the town, of course, and we're in Colorado, a small town. So you got that. You know, beautiful vistas and all of that. You get the vibe. So in the second part of season two, we know that there's this governmental entity that's been after this alien. Secret. And we know, is it governmental or not? Regardless, the head is played by Linda Hamilton. Yes, of Terminator fame. So we're not going to mess with her. And there were two agents sent to find this alien. One of them is still working with Linda. The other is not what happened. Now, there is a certain artifact from the alien, a part of that tech that they want. They want to get their hands on. What is that going to mean for the alien and for humans? And we also find out now there is another faction of aliens that are after this alien. And at the end of part one of this season, Asta did something to save Harry. That's our alien. She's very guilty. Why? What does she do? Could she be in trouble? In trouble with whom? Can Harry help her? Now, keep in mind, there is also the local sheriff and his deputy. Of course, the deputy's smarter than the sheriff, that whole kind of thing. They're kind of on the scent of what happened to the doctor, which might lead them to other goings on. But will they be able to crack the case? Now, what's the name of the show again, producer? Resident Alien. I always like it when they title things correctly because that should be their guiding light. And in the first season, it was. We learned about Harry. We learned about what his mission was, he was always going after that, trying to wipe out humans. He was just dealing with things that were getting getting in his way, like eating. You know, you start eating food. He's like, this is good. <laughs> Give me some pizza and ice cream and maybe I'll stay a little longer. He befriends people, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he still has to wipe these people out. Mm-hmm. So it's fun watching Alan play this alien, learning how to be human, but still having this mission. Like that is a cogent, clear reason to watch. This is what I'm talking about. But then, if he doesn't blow us up, what's his reason for staying? Is it as strong and as interesting as what was going on in season one? No. Mm. No. And then they start building out these other people. I don't care about these other people in the town outside of their relationship to him. I don't care. Why should I? It's nowhere near as interesting. Mm. So what made season one work so well is kind of lost. Now, what's holding it together for me is Alan's performance. 
Like, it's a great comedic performance. Mm -hmm. But there isn't enough growth in his character. Mm -hmm. And that's a writing issue. Because they're too busy building everything else out. You can build it out if it leads to the reason for us watching this. The reason for Harry still staying on the planet. It can't just be I'm friends with Asta now. Mm -hmm. Period. And, you know, there's trying to reach out to his fellow aliens because if he doesn't do it soon, they're on their way to do it themselves. It's just, we're losing all of that. Mm -hmm. We're losing the stakes. So I'm on the fence with this show. I'm holding on just because of Alan, but I have a feeling that I'm going to stop watching at some point. It's not that it's bad. It's just that we saw season one and mm. I want these people to really Give us a strong reason to watch. That is my main thing. I don't mm -hmm. care what it is. But to knock these people out, it just looks like they're saving their jobs. Hmm. Yeah, it's like we've gotten lost. The, the end goal is to be compelling in some way. Or at least really entertaining. Fun. Mm -hmm. Okay. Speaking of fun, what's next? Uh, TV season finale. Oh, one of your favorites, Evil. Um, brought to us by Paramount Plus. And it's already been renewed for season four, even though we are going to be talking about season three. So, yeah. uh, Critic, what did you think about season three? Just as excited as the other two? Good question, right? Now, remember when I started this, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Mm -hmm. Like, at, at the beginning, I was like, okay. And this is what I'm talking about. You don't it's not that I'm saying I've got to love or really like something from the beginning. I got to know why I'm watching it, at least. Mm -hmm. And with the kings who created the good fight and the good wife and so on, they're always clear on that. You may not like it, but it's clear why you're watching what you're watching. So I just kept watching because I'm like, okay, there's a reason. Let's keep going. And then you see them build. So see, I can give them the leeway to build it because they're responsible enough to give me a reason to keep watching. This is a trade, like everything in life. And some people want to take and not give in the trade. Not with me, you're not. Now. The critic requires a reciprocal relationship. Yes, win-win. Okay. Mm -hmm. Symbiosis. Mm -hmm. So in season three of evil now remember what's happening is we have a trio of investigators for the catholic church they need to figure out the cause of certain bad happenings is it demonic or is there a scientific explanation so each of the three has a particular expertise we have katja erber's character dr Kristen bouchard she's a forensic psychologist Okay, so that's her role. We have Mike Coulter's character, uh, now Father David Acosta. So you know his role. And we have Asif Manvi's character, Ben Shakir, who knows all of the tech stuff. So that's his role. And uh, over the course of the three seasons, it gets more and more personal, this evil. Because on the other side, the evil side, we do have Leland Townsend. He's at the center of this, played by Michael Emerson. And Leland is also a psychologist. He was a rival psychologist of Kristen's. And he continues to be a rival in different ways. 
he's a servant of Satan and he's happy about it. And he wants to take over that way because there is a larger plot, a battle between good and evil. And there are evil households and families. They like pass down their emblems. How do they pass it down? And every emblem that the Catholic Church can eradicate is a win. Mm-hmm. If they get rid of all of them, they've won. Mm-hmm. But the evil side wants to keep them going and build them. How? From whom? Is the question. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind that Dr. Leland Townsend, he does have a interesting relationship with Kristen's mother, played by Christine Lottie. So Kristen's mother has been seduced by the evil side. Does Kristen know it? And Kristen's mother, along with Kristen's husband, don't get along. What will be the repercussions of that? We see that in this season. Also, Kristen has four daughters. So the husband is normally off because they have uh, this company where he takes people up mountains and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he's normally away. And she's there with the four daughters. You know, they live in New York City, but they live, uh, I think it's Brooklyn or something like that. And they live right below a, a subway track. So, you know, things get shaken with the subways moving. It's that kind of thing. And these four daughters, you know, they're rambunctious. They talk over each other every time. And uh, one of the new main characters who uh, comes in at the end of this season, a nun, who is really one of David's mentors, played by An- Andrea Martin. They start talking to her. She's like, hold on, stop. She's <laughs> like, nah, 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 nah. She's like, oh, stop. That's not how ladies behave. <laughs> Which for Kristen is like, what are you saying to my daughters? It was so funny. She was like, stop. And they did stop. And they said nothing after that. But why was our wonderful sister who suffers no fools? Why was she in Kristen's home? There's been a possession going on. And the next door neighbors have taken the brunt of it. Is it their home that's possessed or Kristen's? Because they're adjacent. It's not like, you know, they're next to each other. Almost like, you know, townhouses. Okay. So they've got to get to the bottom of this. And something's been going on in this house the whole time anyway. A big problem. So Kristen doesn't know it, but she's in a whole world of trouble. And there's a particular person that the Catholic Church has who can see the future, who communes with God. And she has a lot to tell Kristen and other people. And at the end, something tragic happens to a character I didn't mention. Tragic. So can they pick up the pieces after this and move forward? Do they know really what they've gotten themselves into? Maybe, maybe not. Now, when it comes to David, David has been tormented by Kristen. They do have attraction. She's married. He's a priest. And he's always had sexual addiction problems. We've seen that from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So he is tormented by a demon in the form of Kristen. (laughs) Can he get away from this? And every demon has different ways in to bother humans. And they can have physical ways of messing with humans. Mm -hmm. But remember, David has the sister on his side. Is she able to help him with this? You find out at the end. And when it comes to 
Asif's character. You know, Ben started as a major skeptic, but certain things have happened to him where he's going, mm, <laughs> just just that much. Where does he stand now at the end of season three? He does have an interesting relationship with Kristen's daughters. They like him. He likes them. But he's not the kind of guy who likes children. He's not that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. But something about them interests him. And one of them says something to him at the end of season three that makes him go, hmm. Because these daughters are on to Leland. Leland has been trying to come for one of them. But she might be a bit too smart. And all four daughters now are on to Leland. And they have a way of manipulating him. And that way has led them to discover something that they haven't really explored yet. But one of them told Ben about it. They did tell their mama about it, but she was too far gone. And you'll see why. To really pick up on it. And her mother, uh-oh. Hmm. What is going to happen when Kristen finds out, because it's going to happen at some point, that her mama is evil. With hmm. Leland of all people. Someone mm -hmm. she would kill. And I mean that literally. Mm -hmm. So her daughters are tied up in this. There's this whole thing about this agency she used to give birth. Mm -hmm. You know, if you freeze your eggs, who has custody? Who might be able to get it? Again, it's getting real personal. Really, really personal. And the great thing about this show, as we always have from the King's uh, producer is they know how to build layers mm -hmm. you lay one layer you lay the next on top you lay the next on top you don't waste what you've done mm -hmm. until we have this tangled web now in season three where you're invested mm -hmm. all of these different tentacles unlike something in resident alien we can go away go to different parts of the story and i'm always interested mm -hmm. that's how you build it the name isn't resident alien it's evil so what does evil mean? They have different permutations of that. And at the end of this season, they do a little throw. They throw it to good as well. They kind of flip it. So who knows what's going to happen in season four? Mm -hmm. Are the powers for good about to do you know what? Because David is in a secret society now, I didn't mention. He became a priest. They're interested in him. But is he a good fit for that? So he starts getting more and more information about what's happening. So what I would say is for evil, is it that scary? It's not that it's scary. It's It keeps you on pins and needles. Mm. That's what it does so well. Even though I'm not scared, I, I kind of feel butterflies sometimes when I'm watching it. Mm. Like, oh, what's about to happen? And it can be interesting. It can be fun. Even when they're just giving us information to get to the next scene, I'm interested in what's happening. It was, it was nice even to see all of these cast members, the ones I've mentioned, others like Wallace Shawn has a guest appearance in this season that was very interesting it was just nice to see Wallace Shawn and to see him not do comedy actually mm. that was interesting it's well paced and one of the great things about it and I'll end with this point is the evil here isn't like it's not that kind of evil even though sometimes it is like when when the sister has to kill some demons in the home it was fun <laughs> like as she's because one of the daughters might be interested in being a nun Oh. So she can see the demon, the daughter can't. And she has this shovel and she's like beating the demon. We mm -hmm. see it. We also see from the daughter's perspective, mm -hmm. this old woman is beating the ground. Like that's what it looks like. <laughs> so she's talking to her about being a nun, eradicating these demons. Like that's the show. 
But outside of that, what it does so well is it shows the ordinariness of evil. Mm. Something like in Bad Sisters, they were trying to do with the husband who's dead. Mm-hmm. He's an ordinary bad guy. It's like not this big thing. It's just nasty. But here they do a beautiful job, spearheaded by Leland. Michael Emerson is, I mean, he's a great actor, but it's just, it's a great uh, marriage of an actor and a role. He, I mean, he is the worst, but you almost cannot, you can't work up the anger Mm. because of the ordinariness of it, Mm. which is kind of why Kristen is looking at him going, you are like the scum below the scum of the earth, Mm -hmm. but I can't get people to see it. Right. Also, and I'll end it here now, because I keep thinking of new things. Mm. Her psychologist or psychiatrist colleague who she is in therapy with him. Cause if you are in a psychologist or a psychiatrist, you have to be in some sort of therapy. That's a part of the requirements of the job. He gets sucked in because he wants to be able to write by which side. Mm. And is he able to just leverage it for his writing powers or will there be a price to pay? So that's evil. If you haven't started watching it, you like anything uh, that I said, as you said, producer, it's on Paramount Plus. Just know the way it starts is the simplest it's going to be. And it's not like you go, oh, I've got to juggle all of these things. They make it really easy to follow. Mm-hmm. But there's so many different things they can do with the show. It's just I, I, they have limitless possibilities, which is exciting, especially going into a fourth season. So there we go. Evil this season. Is it my favorite? Maybe. Hmm. Season two, season three, I really did enjoy. It's just good. All right. Cool. All right. We end on a good note. Look at that. <laughs> there you have it, guys. We have one more episode down of why watch that. Um, if you liked anything from this episode, if you made it to the end, at least, you know, you guys could totally give us a like. And if you don't want to miss Remember our that song, video. though, because I haven't given us a song today. Okay. No I song. feel good. Maybe I all feel over, good all over. over. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is. From Stephanie you Mills. Right in the world. Yes. Stephanie Mills. Yes. All right. <laughs> there we go. And if you if you want to keep hearing songs, subscribe. <laughs> Not Stephanie Mills. I love Stephanie Mills. Yeah, yeah Stephanie Mills is cool. She's cool. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. For up-to-date info and to share what's on your watch list, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Why Watch That, and on Twitter at WWT Radio. Also, you can visit us at WhyWatchThat.com. And while you're at it, don't forget to go ahead and rate Why Watch That Radio on iTunes. Let's keep the conversation going.